15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Whoever keeps the word of Christ, the love of God is truly perfected in you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, a rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned the man and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do? Now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do. When I am removed from the stewardship, people will welcome me into their homes. So he called his master's debtors in one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? And he replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here, here's your promissory note. Sit down quickly and write fifty. Then to another he said, You, how much do you owe? He replied, One hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Here's your promissory note. Write down fifty or eighty. The master commended the dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the children of the light. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are times in Scripture in which Jesus takes a, an odd position and today is one of them, commending a dishonest steward. But of course, when Jesus speaks, he speaks in parables very often, and the parables have many, many layers of information. We never take it on the surface, just as it is. If we do that, we're missing the point of the parable, and missing that, that uh, technique of parables. So Jesus has given us a parable of a, a man who was dishonest. He was skimming off the top. He was stealing, basically, from his master. And the master finds out and fires him, as probably we would all uh, understand. So what does he do? Now, take this from the perspective of Jesus talking about us, not the parable as if it's true. Jesus talking about us. So he says, the man says to himself, he uses the cunning of his mind. I'll secure my employment. He fires me. 
I call him master's debtors. He has full access to the files. And he says, how much you owe? 100, make it 50. How much you owe? 100, make it 80. So what, he, what was he doing? He was ingratiating himself to his master's debtors. He was skimming off the top again. So when he gets a job, these people will remember him and they'll do, give him business. One hand washes the other, right? Now Jesus is impressed with the cunning of that man. He says the people of the world, to get ahead, know what to do. Sometimes they shave things off. Sometimes they're devious. But they know how to get the word across. Their own word. Their own position here. But the children of the light, not so much. So Jesus is telling us not to skim off the top, not to steal, cheat, be dishonest. But use your brains. Use your head. Not only your heart, and not only our, our greed or, or any lower um, sinful behavior. Go inside yourself. How can I, as a Christian in the 21st century, advance the word of God? There was a piece on the news the other night uh, of a group in Texas. And what they would do is they get a truck. They were a Christian group, get a truck. And they would drive into a poor area on a Sunday, and they would open up the truck doors, and they'd have a little play, and they'd have refreshments, and all the children from the, the projects would come and get a lesson, an hour. Eventually, that grew and grew and grew, where the kids' parents came, and other people came, and some of the people who were the performers in this little ensemble eventually became the leaders, and some of the kids who were in the audience joined them, and they became leaders, and the word gets out. And the word gets out. And this group is evangelizing. And I was sitting with Jerry, and he says, no, you know, I'll use his words, we're the, the richest institution in the world, the Catholic Church. Why aren't we doing something like that? And I say, yes. When I was on campus as campus minister at William Patterson University, I would go on campus with my associate, was mad or Denise through the years that I was there I had different people and we'd meet the students and we'd sit down with students and sit in the in the cafeteria and you know and I had two reactions to me when I went on campus especially in the beginning they would see the collar and they'd say hey hi father not knowing who I was and some would see the collar and do this turn away of course because I'm such a nudge they're the ones I would sort of inadvertently, oh, oh, excuse me, I, uh, what's your name? I, I don't know you. I just bumped into you. I, I need to know which way the dorms are. This, uh, and of course, we would, you know, converse. And I, it's the Holy Spirit. I didn't do anything. Met a lot of kids that way and filled the chapel with kids like that. I used to say in the kids in the chapel, oh, they'd say, um, no, you don't want me to come to church for the, the roof will fall down. I said, no, look, the roof doesn't fall down when I say Mass. It's not going to fall down when you come in. So I'm no saint. I'm just another person, just like you. My task and my ministry is being a priest. In this case, their task were being students. Now, sometimes we have to put ourselves out there. We have to use our brains. Now, I didn't... My words did not always preach. I have to be honest with you. I didn't go sit at the Bible, sit at a table in the cafeteria and do Bible study. Eventually we did. 
But in the beginning, we broke the ice. How's the food? How's the pizza? Or I heard that, that, and then they'll say, oh, Father Lou, would you pray for the, I love those. You pray for my grandmother. There's always the grandmothers that were ill. Pray for my grandma. And I would stop, say a prayer then, and say, okay, I'll, I'll keep grandma. I used to write her name down and keep it in my, my calendar. I still do. That's my tradition. And write the name of the intention now. So whenever I say mass, I told, I'll remember grandma. And that, what does that do? That would ingratiate myself to another person through Jesus Christ, he's the connection. Next time I see that kid on campus, oh, my grandmother's doing well. I told my grandmother you're praying for her. She was so happy. Imagine, and I know this, imagine the joy of a grandparent being told by a college kid who has tattoos up the arm and, every, and plugs in his ears, I spoke to the priest about you and he's praying for you. I used to have grandmothers and parents come to the chapel in tears because their child brought them, or their grandchild brought them. Again, I'm using myself as an example because I'm the best example I can use. But you all have your examples of how we can break the ice, how we can be cunning enough, not eat evil, but be creative enough to say, I'm a Catholic, I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm here at church because Jesus Christ feeds me. When I'm with somebody, I can mention Jesus, get him in there. Oh, I do this because I'm, I, I, I'm late here now because I just came from church. I love to say that one, you know. Um, I say, oh, I'm, I'm late, I gotta go to church. And especially when I'm not dressed in, in priest clothes. You go to church, why? I say, well, I'm a priest. And then the conversation begins. I, I, see, I'm wearing shorts, you know. I'm wearing shorts. I'm in Florida, so I wear shorts. That's no accident. Because I want to be known to you, and, and most of us know each other, as, oh, there's the priest with shorts. Oh, you wear shorts and you're a priest? You wear shorts when you say mess? Yes, yes, yes. Because my shorts are part of who I am, but my ministry is here on the outfits I wear. And I like to say, among those who really know me, there are no accidents. What comes out of my mouth, praise the Holy Spirit, is always directed by the Holy Spirit. Why? My goal is to win people over. For me? No. For Jesus Christ. To make him familiar with us. He's my friend. I want to share my friend with you. I don't have to talk about Jesus all the time, but I have to act like Jesus. And no, I'm not a saint. I'm not crucified. But I have to do what Jesus is willing to do. This Pope... He's my role model, Francis. I know a lot of people think he's a little wacko, but he's got to be a little wacko to be a pope, first of all. And he's got to be a wacko to, be, to follow Jesus Christ, as we all do, because that makes no sense to the world. But to our faith, it makes a lot of sense. And one of the things he tells us to do is smile. There's no place in, in the life of a Christian for a grumpy face. We all got sorrows. Yes, we know that. We all have pain. We all know that. We can go through that. But we can also smile through that. Why? A smile sends a message to the other person that God is within me and I want to share that with you. And sometimes you get hit by the question, why are you smiling through this? Because I believe Jesus is with me and I'm not alone. My little nephews, I have three nephews and a niece, they constantly email me. I'm going, I'm racing this race today. Could you, could you pray for me? Now, I always say, you know, you can pray for yourself, but
but they got a member of the family who's close to God, they think. So I says, okay. And I text them back. Prayed for you today. How'd you do? I didn't do good, but I feel good. Better. Better. Because the attitude is very important. Now I'm giving a little summary of me, but every one of us has our own stories. How can I bring Jesus into the world? Using my intelligence, my personality, my creativity, my experiences as a businessman, as a housewife, as a truck driver, it doesn't matter. Jesus is with all of us. He's with that little kid curled up on his father's lap, and he's with every one of us who are here every day. Bring Jesus. Bring him out. He sends us. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. What, am I the leader? <laughs> because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.